For so many of us here in the States, when we think of Latin America, we think of it as a far-off enchanted land of great foods, warm sunny beaches, tall palm trees with hammocks swaying between their trunks, and a waiter attending to our every beck and call, as we say, una cerveza mas, por favor, and our guttural gringo accents, butchering the Spanish are with our every attempt. A pleasant paradise where we can go to forget all of our cares and worries that bog us down here at home. Hello and good evening. My name is Chad Reeves and this is The Maíz in Us All. For many folks, this idealistic image of Latin America will be all that they ever know as they go on their first class Royal Caribbean cruises through the Mayan Riviera while they stay in their elegant hotels. With its paradisical beaches, while the sun bronzes their faces with all the ice-cold beer a person could want in the world at the simple ring of a bell. This is the superficial poster child of Latin America, which their governments pay Buku bucks to use as a cover-up to any inkling of a possibility that anything even remotely different could be the reality of a Latin American life. Well, this is all bullshit. This life is so disjointed from the reality of thousands, and I'd even wager we could say millions, of Latin Americans who live, breathe, and sweat in Latin America every day to eke out a meager living which is just enough to keep their pressed tin can roof from leaking when the rain hammers its fury down upon it. These people, who for so many rich Americans exist and will forever be nameless, have intelligent minds, compassionate hearts, and talented hands for creating beautiful music, art, and literature. It is not totally the Americans' fault. They are products of their society, just as much as Latin Americans are products of theirs. What happens is bigwigs in government paint these elaborate pictures of Latin American people, which are truly one-sided lies that are so in your face and so loud that people can't see nor hear the stories and testimonies of the people who are on the other end of the hate that is screamed. Yeah, it's true, I'll admit, that there are beautiful beaches in Latin America with ice-cold beer and beautiful people with their sultry English accents. But there are also the beautiful people who live in the shadows of this capitalistic society, who work hard and tend to themselves. Think of it this way, if you are feeling uncomfortable and unsure, as if everything you ever knew about Latin America is wrong. Well, it's not wrong, it's just that you have been captivated by an ingenious team of media and propaganda artists. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, and let the story of Rigoberta Menchutum, a Maya woman from the Altiplano of Guatemala 
course over your eardrums. Then once I've finished, I invite you to meditate and process the things you are about to hear. I preface this story in saying that this is a story of humility, of one person's ability to allow themselves to experience a change of heart. This person went through hell, and this is a hell that you nor I could ever imagine. As I will describe more thoroughly in later episodes, but briefly, I say for contextual purposes that she became a victim of the capitalist Guatemalan government backed by the United States during the second half of the 20th century and through the lens of anti-communism. Folks, this is a small part of her life's story. Ever since her childhood, Rigoberta Menchutum had been taught by her community that the Ladinos were people who would never treat her and her customs as a Quiche Maya person with dignity and respect in Guatemala. El Ladino is a person that has chosen to leave the traditional Quiche Maya lifestyle behind embracing the Western system of beliefs. Rigoberta and her father were particularly close. He spent much of his time talking with his daughter and educating her. He would tell her that the Ladino's education system, with its westernizing characteristics, was one to avoid completely because it would erase her culture, her heritage, her beliefs, and her practices as a Quiche Maya. It is understandable that the Quiche Maya people were utterly disgusted and distrustful of the Ladinos. With time, they learned to reciprocate the same hate they received from the Ladinos, which goes clear back 500 years, stemming from the Spanish conquistadores' first arrival to the, quote, New World. When the first Spanish conquistadores arrived, their goals were to conquer the land for the Spanish crown. Anybody they perceived as a threat to their goals, they would either kill or indoctrinate with their Spanish westernized Catholic belief systems. Because the Quiche Maya, as many others did, had a completely different belief system, the conquistadores immediately perceived them as a threat, which they had to deal with. Along with the conquistadores came the church clergymen, and while they were usually less physically violent towards the indigenous people, they were spiritually violent, with their religious to forcefully convert the Quiche Mayas and baptize them into the Catholic Church. Since the arrival of the conquistadores in 1492 to the, quote, New World, the Quiche Mayas have struggled to protect themselves. This mentality to protect the Quiche Mayan culture was passed to Rigoberta by her father and community. During her life as a young woman, Rigoberta had two specific personal experiences that proved to justify her distrust and hate for the Ladinos. The first example is from when she and her family would travel to work in the Ladinos agricultural fincas on the western coast of Guatemala. The living conditions at the fincas were deplorable. The pay meager. 
and they were always in debt to the Ladino landowners. While in the fincas, Rigoberta's little brother died because a plane flew over him while spraying in insecticides. When this happened, the Ladino landowner would not give even a day to the Manjutum family to mourn his passing. They did, of course, take the time needed to grieve, a day from work, to tend to his little body. As punishment for not working, they were fired and forced to return home without pay. The second example is when she went to Guatemala City to work as a servant in a Ladino household. While employed as a servant, she was treated as incompetent. Her food was worse than what the dog ate, and her pay was so pitiful that it only covered the cost for her mandated clothing, which she had to sew and make by herself. These two incidents serve as testament of what her family and community had told her about the Ladinos. Even though she had been taught a lot, and the lessons she was taught as a child were reiterated. Later in her life, as a young woman in her 20s, she met a Ladino, man who became her friend and compañero Ladino. She describes him as the one who helped her learn valuable lessons. She says, quote, He taught me to think more clearly about some of my ideas, which were wrong, like saying all Ladinos are bad. He didn't teach me through ideas. He showed me by his actions, by the way he behaved towards me. Rigoberta's interactions with him led her to draw a fresh and new conclusion regarding the Ladinos. She says, quote, The example of my compañero Ladino made me really understand the barrier which has been put up between the Indian and the Ladino, and that because of this same system which tries to divide us, we haven't understood that Ladinos also live in terrible conditions, the same as we do. Rigoberta was able to understand because of what she learned from her compañero Ladino, that not all Ladinos are bad people. To reiterate, folks, this has been a story of transformation, of humility, and one's ability to be continually engaged in learning, and that no matter what we are taught as a child, we can always change and choose our beliefs. <laughs>